I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Steelers. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel J. And this is actually take two. Unfortunately for me, I recorded the entire half of the show without recording the audio, without recording my voice. So this is take two. I had nothing but blank tape. I was just talking. Uh, So here we go again. Uh, But before we get into it, I want to remind you guys, if you're listening on, on Apple, give us a five-star rating, yo. And if you're, if you, well, even if you are listening on Apple, but also if you're not, share, share this podcast with your friends, family, anybody you know who's a Steeler fan. Share a friend, tell a friend, the whole nine yards. Let's get this thing moving. Let's get this thing going. Today, what I wanted to talk about is the success of the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. And does that that success solely fall on Kenny Pickett? You know, I I was reading an article, you know, from PFF the other day. And and I know PFF, they, they are what they are. But they do some good work and they have some good stats. And it was referencing... It was referencing um, breakout um, quarterbacks, you know, for fantasy football, and they were talking about Kenny Pickett, basically because, well, well, let's be honest, he wasn't the most <laughs> um, statistical fantasy football player of the year last year, right? You know, fantasy football wise, you know, Kenny Pickett was probably on the lower end of the. Uh, uh, totem pole so to speak and you know you can only go up right and it's expected for the jump so you can see him being a guy that could have a huge leap right and so they had some stats to kind of go back and forth referencing um why they think that he's he might have a breakout year but i found a lot of the stats to be very informative as to you know the topic of today as far as the success of the team now, when it comes down to to Kenny Pickett, um, you know it's more than just stats, right? You have the the it factor, and and I think we saw that last year. We saw 
you know, Kenny Pickett put in a situation, for instance, like Miami, where he was given the opportunity to, you know, go down the field and win a football game at the end of a game. And he threw a couple of interceptions. Well, he turned that around, right? Against the Ravens, against the Raiders, he was put in a similar situation. And in those weighty moments, he goes down and, and scores a touchdown. So that's the aspect you can't see in stats, right? When you look at a quarterback stat rate or a stat sheet, you're going to see, you know, 300 yards, three touchdowns, you know, one interception, whatever. It doesn't say that, that you know, one of those three touchdowns was with 30 seconds left on the clock. And prior to that score, the team was down by four. And, you know, the teams that you were hoping to win and, and the teams you were hoping to lose did what they were supposed to, and your season is on the line. I don't say those things, right? So you, you have to watch the game and see those things. And we saw those things with Kenny, and we saw him, you know, being able to handle those those situations. But what the stats also tell us is, you know, or what that doesn't say, though, is – is Kenny Pickett just that, you know, a guy that can rise up in the, you know, in the clutch moments? Does he need a team, you know, a defense on the opposite side to keep the score low so that way when it means the most that he can rise up to that occasion? You know, I don't think that's a, a formula for a successful, you know, football team. And so we need to see that jump. You know, he needs to be balanced. He needs to be able to, you know, play for 60 minutes and play good football and also be consistent during those weighty moments. That's what makes an excellent quarterback. That's what made Ben Roethlisberger a hall of fame quarterback was he wasn't just, you know, you can see that in his the late part of his career where, you know, in the last season uh, or when they went, you know, 11 and 0, it didn't look right. You know, they were coming back at the end um, you know, in the last two years of his career, uh, the offense wasn't playing correctly. You know, they, it was there was a lack of offense. And then in the fourth quarter, it would just get turned on. Right. That wasn't a formula for successful football. Fortunately, you know, the Steelers are a classic or a classy organization that is uh, brought up right from the from the ground up. And, you know, the coaching staff there was able, you know, they were able to do wonders with what they had and, and create playoff bound football teams. And so <clears throat> with that being said, I think, like I said, it takes more than, than just that, but what about, you know, the full stats, those things are important. And, and let's look at a few of them. And, and I think that also kind of plays a paints a picture, so to speak. So, you know, they break this down uh, PFF that is, into two, you know, they break the season down into two. You have weeks four through 11, which week four is when, you know, Kenny Pickett came in with, you know, against the Jets. And then they have weeks 12 through 18. Now, Kenny Pickett's passing grade, uh, weeks four through 11 were at 58.7. So he was at 31st throughout that time. His big time throw rate, which, I'll explain briefly. It, it, according to PFF, in its simplest terms, a big-time throw rate, a big-time throw is on the highest end of both difficulty and value. 
while the value is easy to see statistically, the difficulty has more to do with the passes that have a lower com uh, completion percentage. Uh, the further the ball is thrown down the field, therefore the big time throw is best described as the pass, the excellent ball location and timing generally, generally thrown further down the field and or into a tighter window. So basically what I understand from that is it's not just about making the pass. It's about how accurate the pass is um, on, on top of how difficult the pass is. So the further down the field, obviously um, accuracy would probably be um, more difficult. And so uh, it, it takes those two ratings and the other rating that they're going to be, um, you know, comparing Kenny Pickett's first half of the season when he uh, of the part that he played to a second is the turnover worthy play rate. And what they explain that to be is for quarterbacks, there are two ways of achieving a turnover worthy play throw a pass that has a high percentage chance to be intercepted or do a poor job of taking care of the football and fumbling. So like the coulda, woulda, shoulda interceptions, um, you know, things like that those make a difference. It's not just the interception itself, but the possibility of that interception. And so when it comes to Kenny Pickett, let's restart that weeks four through 11, 58.7% on the passing grade, his big time throw rate, he was ranked 27th at 2.7%. Uh, and his turnover worthy play rate was tied for 25th at 3.3%. And so, Weeks 12 through 18, the second half of his season, um, where he started to turn it around and, you know, the offense started to gel, the offensive line started coming together a little bit better. Najee Harris started getting healthier. This team started to create a identity, which opened up the possibilities for this passing game to move forward. Weeks 12 through 18, uh, passing grade went from 31st to 1st at 88.9. Big time throw rate went from 27th to second at 6.9%. And turnover worthy play rate, he went from tied for 25th to first with 1.1%. So basically, in essence, uh, Kenny Pickett went from throwing picks, having sacks, to limiting both of those. You know, he had, I believe it was eight interceptions within the first couple of weeks. And then over this, I think it was over the span of seven games, he only had one. And he limited the, uh, the sacks as well. Uh, I believe he had somewhere around... So he had eight interceptions and 20 sacks in the first seven games. And then he threw for just one interception, only took seven sacks in the next six. And so you can see how he was, it was not just protecting the ball, but he was also limiting, you know, those negative plays, you know, the negative, the, you know, we, we all saw him running out of bounds on certain occasions, right? Where instead of throwing the ball away, he'd, he'd run out of bounds when getting chased. We saw those things, you know, start to change. And so we saw, you know, PFF is basically stating that he, as he began, or it, as his season went on, he got better, right? Now we saw that with these, with the plays that you, you know, the stats can't show, 
you know, when we're talking about the Raiders and the and the Ravens and and you know what he did in those weighty moments. And now you're seeing it with the with the overall stats as well that he was progressing. Now, the reason why I think this is important is because sometimes you'll see a player come into the game and, and will play very well, and then over time, uh, their play is not as great as it started out. And it's not because, you know, the player was lucky or their, perf- their performance is decreasing or things of that nature, their ability is decreasing, I'm sorry. It, it probably has a lot more to do with the fact that teams – now have more tape on on that player and they're able to prepare better they're able to um they'll know their strengths and weaknesses things of that nature and if the if that player is as advertised uh, then they'll be able to overcome those things and if they're you know that possibility of having a a really good player is that they will still continue to improve even though there is that film and, and, and you have that on, on, you know, for the opposition to study against you. Right. And so to see this, you know, improvement alongside with those stats that you can, or those things you can't measure lead me to believe that, you know, Kenny Pickett is capable of carrying a team on his shoulders. I don't know if he needs to, you know, like we, like I mentioned earlier, you know, last season, this team, you know, mainly because of the fact that you were going in with an unknown quarterback, whether it was going to be Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, or Kenny Pickett, um, it was an unknown in QB. It was a change of an era. So the success last year was definitely going to be on the legs of Najee Harris. And as the season progressed, we saw that this upcoming year. Not so much. I think you're definitely going to need to see more balance. You're going to definitely need to see this team be able to put the ball into the end zone. And I think they've put some of the pieces there to do so. Now you have a Darnell Washington who can not just be your sixth offensive lineman who does a fantastic job at blocking, but also has the ability to catch and is a athletic freak. You know, his height and weight and strength alongside his speed and ability to catch the ball is uncanny. You know, the, how he fell to the third round and to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the place that they ended up taking him is – don't question your blessings, I guess, right? And so, um, you know, you utilize him. I mean, even the PFF article indicates the one thing that the Pittsburgh Steelers were dead last last season, which was touchdown rate. Last season they ranked at very dead last at 2%. So – that needs to go up. The red zone, you know, production needs to go up. Darnell Washington, big piece of that. You know, the Steelers put up a basketball team, and I think that's going to be able to put them in a position to basically tell the opposition to pick your poison. You know, you have the likes of, you know, George Pickens, who's very tall. You know, Pat Fryer, Pat Frymuth, who, you know, compared to Zach Gentry, who's six foot eight, or Darnell Washington, who's six foot seven. You know, I guess isn't. He's not short. He's not as tall as them, but he's not short. You know, you have Hakeem Butler and Miles Boykin, two guys that I think that'll probably end up making the team. You know, you have possibilities and options there. And not to mention, if you want to go 13 personnel with three tight ends and Connor Hayward out there as well, you know, these are all guys that 
and that are big, strong, and have the ability to catch the ball, including Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Both of those guys have shown uh, that they have reliable hands. And so I, I think that all these things are going to equate to a team that's going to be playing some meaningful football in January. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about why I'm, maybe perhaps the entire success of the team isn't going to fall solely on Kenny Pickett's shoulders. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you on the other side. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The worst looking man you've ever seen. There I am on the subway train. Hey, check it out. You made it to the other side. Welcome back. Today we're talking about the success of the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know, whose weight or whose shoulders does that all fall on, right? To me, I think it's a team sport. It's going to be on everybody. You know, Kenny Pickett's not going to be playing defense. And so, you know, that's going to be probably the main focus of the second half of the uh, the show. But before we get into it, I want to remind you guys, you know, of all the other shows that are coming out. You know, I myself am going to be on Monday on, on YouTube. It's live, 5 p.m. Eastern. Still Curtain Network uh, on a show called The Hangover. It airs later on, you know, that evening. On the audio side only. Check that out as well. Um, on that, I'm with my buddy Shannon White, who is you know, the host of the uh, Curtain Call, which comes out on Wednesday nights. Make sure you go check out those, plus all the other podcasts and, and YouTube um, um, shows that come out on the daily and most of the times, multiple times a day. Don't want to miss it. And like I mentioned before, if you're on Apple, give us a five star rating. and Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. So let's get back into it. So we talked about how Kenny Pickett is capable of possibly being that guy that can carry, you know, the load on his shoulder, so to speak. Um, you know, does it necessarily have to fall on him? Like we covered a little bit earlier on, the, you know, the top of the show. I think that the identity of this team right now is the running game. I think Najee Harris is going to be able to carry m- much of that load, but I think you do need to balance it out. Um, you have some some weapons on the outside and George Pickens. Um, I think that 
you know, George Pickens and Calvin Austin being able to take over the top are, it's really going to make some for favorable matchups against, you know, for Deontay Johnson that he can exploit. And so, you know, he's going to have to make those catches and make sure he doesn't run backwards. You know, Najee Harris is going to have to move the ball forward and, and, and run hard. And so offensively, it's not solely on, on Kenny, but as the guy that, you know, is the QB and, and, person that is you know touches the ball uh, on most of you know every offensive play uh, a lot of that weight is going to be on his shoulders but one thing that he can control is the defensive side and i think that's going to be the biggest question mark when it comes to this team i think the offense is going to be fine i think they're going to be able to they're going to be able to do do well i don't i'm not anticipating a 30 points per game or any of those type of things but i do think that the offense is going to play well um it's going to come down to the defense. Now, you have a lot of new pieces. You have a middle linebacker core that has been completely overhauled, including from the coach to, you know, both starting inside linebackers. Uh, well, all three inside linebackers, when you look at, you know, Robert Spillane, uh, Miles Jack, and Devin Bush, no longer on the team. In comes Holcomb, in comes uh, – um, Roberts, and then you get a uh, uh, Kwiatkowski. Sorry about that. <laughs> you also have Robinson from last season still in the, in the mix. You know, it's still a big question mark. Still huge, huge. You also have defensive backs that are coming in that are just as big of a question mark. You know, you lost Cam Sutton, who's been a guy that's been a staple point of this, you know, uh, secondary I've uh, been with the team the longest uh, out of that secondary. He loses Terrell Edmonds, who, you know, has been very durable, has played a lot of football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, although it doesn't make the splash plays that you expect and, you know, you think of when you think of a first-round safety, you know, you, you you think automatically, you know, Troy Polamalu, Mika Fitzpatrick type of safety and, and production and, Terrell Edmonds doesn't give you that in the splash department, right? But he was he was a solid, solid, strong, strong safety. And so, you know, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to miss him. You know, replacing him is DeMonte KZ when it comes to, you know, uh, obvious, probably deep, deeper um, anticipated pass plays. Um but you also have a Keanu Neal that's probably going to be the guy that's going to be playing in the box in that hybrid safety linebacker role. You know, you're going to you're going to utilize multiple players to fill the one, you know, the one player that you had. And I'll be honest, it hasn't worked out for the Steelers in the past. You know, you can go back to Ryan Shazier and the, um, you know, the carousel the Pittsburgh Steelers use at middle linebacker uh, to try to replicate what he was able to do. And, you know, as also as recent as the loss of, um, you know, Hilton and trying to replicate what what Mike Hilton was was able to do with an Arthur Mallet and, a you know, a, um, a Cam Sutton and, and things of that nature. Those projects, in my opinion, you know, didn't work. But maybe the safety position isn't as important. It's not as valued. <laughs> I say that sarcastically. I didn't mean that as it's not important. It is highly important. I just hope it works for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, 
Um, that's probably my biggest question mark, just the defensive backs. Because, you know, you have Minka Fitzpatrick, you have Levi Wallace, and then everybody's different. I mean, Monte Casey was there last year, but he was only there partial of the year. Injury took him out for the first half of the season. And, you know, he was utilized more as that third safety coming in. He wasn't the primary safety out there. And so, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, Levi Wallace is all you have left. Completely overhauled middle linebacker group. Now I get it. And a lot of people say, well, hey, you know, you got a future Hall of Famer in Patrick Peterson. He's also going to be, I think, what, 33 years old this year by the time the season starts. You know, it's, you know, I think that he's highly more than capable and especially with his willing willingness to play in the slot and possibly, you know, as safety is going to, you know, be a benefit for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but to expect him to be the player that he's been throughout his career, I think your expectations would be a little bit too high, you know? And so you pair him up with a guy like Levi Wallace, who isn't really known for speed. In fact, that's one of the reasons why he was a walk on at Alabama. And the reason why he was undrafted was his 40 time wasn't very quick. Now, very cerebral guy, guy that, you know, um, communicates well with Mika. They, they're both, you know, film study junkies. Yeah. I think he's going to be all right. And he ended up having some around like four interceptions last year. And so, you know, I think he's going to be okay. I, I think he is going to be the starter. And a lot of people look at Joey Porter Jr. and think that he's going to be starting opposite side of Patrick Peterson. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to eventually be replacing Patrick Peterson. I think Corey tries. We'll have the opportunity to compete to replace Levi Wallace eventually. But, you know, a seventh round pick. I mean, if you're putting a lot of eggs in that basket, that he's going to be starting sooner than later, um, regardless of where he could have been drafted. I think that that expectation is a little high. So I do think that Joey Porter's probably going to, Joey Porter Jr. is probably going to be making his debut a Steeler. Um, in package role when Patrick Peterson is moved either into the slot or at the safety position until he's, you know, able to play the football game the way, you know, to the standard of what Coach Tomlin wants him to play at. And so, you know, I think that those – this defense is going to be the biggest question mark now. I think that this defense – can become a very elite defense throughout the season. I just think that there's going to be some growing pains early on, you know. Um, But with those growing pains, like I mentioned um, in, I think it was the, uh, not the last episode, but the one before that, when we're talking about the identity of the defense, because of the uncertainty at the linebacker position and the inexperienced and or unfamiliar players in the secondary and in middle linebacker position as well. I think we're going to see this team try to utilize pressure as a component to force the opposition to throw quicker and to, to also lessen, you know, the, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, you put less 
film out there of what you're not good at, you know, especially if you give a quarterback an opportunity, you know, to to see what you're doing. And you put more film out there. There we go. You put more film out there. And I, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to try to compensate um, by applying pressure. And they're going to need to. You know, this team, I think that's going to be – that's the strength of this defense at this point. You know, that's also the only part of this defense that's been proven to the Pittsburgh Steelers is the front – you know, up front. You know, your Alex Highsmith, your your TJ Watt, obviously, your Cam Hayward, obviously, Larry Ogunjobi. You know, the drafting of Keanu Benton is isn't – you know, the dreaded P word, the potential there of a guy potentially becoming a guy. And, you know, he has the intangibles, the size, the speed, uh, things of that nature, but we haven't seen it yet. So we want, we need to see that on film or on the field against, against an NFL team to determine whether or not, you know, he is as advertised. And, and that goes for all of these rookies. That's the only way you're going to find out. You know, last season going into the year, you know, going full circle and talking back about Kenny, you know, everybody was optimistic and nobody knew what, what anybody was going to get at this point. Now, based on how things went and you can see his trajectory, you know, we can go into this year with even more optimism. Right. Well, guys, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll be back on Monday for the hangover. Please check that out. Without further ado, like I said, well, let me answer the question. Do I think it all falls on Kenny? No, it's a team sport, but he's going to hold a lot of weight. I'll see you guys in a couple of days on The Hangover. Peace out. Mm-hmm.